What's going on, Card Pack? Today, we are going to talk about the elephant in the room that everyone is looking at and wondering. Is the sports card market crashing? If so, what does that mean? If not, what does that mean? So I'm going to really share my thoughts on this. You know, as you guys know, I sit here and I study the market. If you watch my videos, you see that I study the market every single day. And I have some, what I feel are valuable thoughts to share with you because this is something I've been thinking about too. It may not be what you think. My perspectives on it may be something you haven't really heard before. So stick around. Couple reminders if you want to get the audios from these videos, check out the podcast link in description. Um, and if you want to get my top sports card pick of the day, as well as join one of the best discords in all sports card investing, join the Sports Card Society. It's only $12.99 a month or $129 a year. You get two months free if you do the year. Um, it's like only like 40 cents a day. Um, what it is, there's a members area. You log in. I put up a new video almost every day. I show and the videos aren't real long, they're only about five minutes. Show the card, I show the data and research as to why, explain why I like it, and what I plan on doing with it. Am I selling it in a month? Am I holding it long term? Am I selling it at the beginning of a season, beginning of playoffs? What am I doing with it? Some previous examples. This is Kyler Murray here. We're getting it for under 200 in February. Here it is going for over 300 in April. Is Baker going for 295 in March, under 300 rather, and uh, going for around 500 in April. I mean, this Baker alone pays for more than your entire year's membership to the sports card society and these are just some very average gains that we get we've, we've done very well um in the discord people pay to be in it it's way better than any free discord you've ever been in and they're engaged and they're helpful and they're it's just an excellent community so check it out sportscardsociety.com link is in the description now let's dive into this um i'm going to I'm going to share my thoughts with you, but I'm going to show you a little data too. So I'm in the market movers tool. And what I've done is I've pulled up sales volume by card in the grade PSA 10 over the last seven days. Um, we could look longer, but I feel this video will get way too long. I feel like seven days is the most relevant to this video right now anyways. So uh, by the way, link for this market movers tool in the description. Use code SOCIETY for 20% off your first month of your first year. This is the most important thing I use in sports card investing. And if you don't use this one, you got to have some kind of data tool. I think this one's the best. Um, it's one I use. So, oh, and also, I really want to get to 5,000 subscribers. So hit that subscription button. It really helps support the channel. Hit the notification bell while you're at it. And also, hit that like button. It really helps support the channel. I really, truly appreciate that. Thank you. Now, Let's go through some of this real quick. I'm not going to go deep diving on any of these. Uh, I pulled up the top 25. So these are the top 25 selling cards over the last week. And, and what I mean by top selling cards is they literally had the most sales. Number one up here, Luca Prism Base. They're all PSA 10s. Um, and it's, say for instance, Luca's down 9%. And we got John Morant here, 87. His Prism Base, Prism Base. Tops Chrome Shohei, Prism Base, Prism Base. Tops update, tops, Bowman base, tops update, tops update, prism base, optic base, tops base, Bowman draft chrome, which is a base card. Tops base, tops chrome, prism base, tops chrome, mosaic base, prism base, hoops base, Bowman base, prism base, Bowman chrome. Every single 
one of these cards was what? What was it? They're all a base card. Every single one of them, which makes sense. If we're going to look at the most selling cards, we're going to look at the ones with the most supply. Cards with the most supply are going to have the most number of sales. doesn't mean they have the most demand because supply and demand is a ratio. But they are making the most sales. They are the most transacted, exchanged cards in the sports card market. And every single one of these, if you looked, they were basketball or baseball for the last week. No football, no soccer, no hockey, basketball and baseball. Now, I want you to comment below too. Tell me what you think about this market. Is it crashing? Is it not crashing? Is it correcting? Is it this? Is it that? Where do you think the bottom is? Where do you think the long term of sports cards is going? Where do you think it goes by the end of the year? Stuff like that. Leave your thoughts because, you know, I'm one guy and sure I dive deep into this stuff, but it doesn't mean I know everything or I can predict the future with perfect accuracy. So I want to hear what you think. Leave your comments below. Now I'm going to share some of my thoughts. All right. So I wanted to show you that all these are base. Obviously, it makes sense because those are the most supply, the biggest supply. So they're going to have the most sales. But I, I want you to realize, too, that they're also the most transacted cards. They're the ones that people buy the most overall in the market. But there's different segments of the market, you know, in terms of what each person wants to accomplish. Because there's individuals in this whole thing, the, the collective group of people in the sports card industry is the market. But it, each individual is an individual and they fall into segments, subgroups within that market. And they are make up certain percentages of size in the market. Um, you have your super duper everywhere from your super duper high-end collectors, you know, you guys buying million dollar cards, to your super low-end collector, which are buying like you know, searching dollar bins, buying $5, $10 cards. All, those are the, really the ranges and everybody in between. Now, the biggest bulk are probably going to be people buying $100 to $1,000 cards. That's probably going to make up the, that's going to be the biggest percentage of people in the market. And most cards that fall in that range are what? They're probably base cards. They're probably base cards. And that group of people, since they are in terms of size, in terms of volume, not volume, yes, volume, but in terms of like sheer number of individuals in the market, that's the biggest group. So when they do something, they tend to do it. M- they tend to do it as a majority, right? So if that group, which is the biggest group in the sports card market, um, that group, when they do things, it really affects the market because they do the most number of transactions, number of sales, which are typically the base cards. All right, so think about that for a second, right? What's been going on with base cards? What's been going on with base cards? For a year. They've been going up. I mean, they went up and down and up and down. But I mean, if you look at them from the beginning, from the beginning of 2020 to now, 
which is obviously a little over a year, they've went up dramatically. And these things, they can't continue to go up forever. They had their swings down, but they had their big ups. I mean, this Luca at the beginning of 2020 was like two, three hundred bucks. And it ran all the way up to 2000 by August of 2020. 2000. But look, the pop count, which if you're newer to this, that means how many of this card in this grade currently exist. So almost 17,000 of this card exists. The higher that supply goes, the more it screws up the demand ratio. Not to mention, the higher the price goes, the demand goes down. And it can't be sustainable. All right, so think about that. I'm, 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 I'm pausing a bit to really let you like hear that and think about that stuff for at least a second. Now, sports cards is a market, just like the stock market, the art market, the collectible market, the crypto market, the car market, the real estate market, the sports card market. They go up and down. Now, some are much more volatile. Crypto would probably be by far the most volatile, which means it can go, it can, it can swing up really fast and down really fast uh, to, to the biggest degrees. Sports cards and collectibles are that are pretty, I don't want to say volatile, because they are an asset that people hold, but they can swing up and down pretty fast compared to these other markets like your stocks, like your real estate, like your, I don't know, collectible cars. Although collectibles is its own market and sports cards is a sub-market within the collectibles. But it's also a sub-market within art. It's also a sub-market within sports. It's also a sub-market within, um, well, history, sports history, really. So that's really probably about sports. But you think about that. Right, because it falls into all those categories. It falls into collectibles. It falls into art. It falls into sports memorabilia, sports um, history. So, so, which is really what the, these cards are, as well as memorabilia. They're history, and they're and they're art, and they're that's what they are. So, you, it's important to think about it like that too. If you think about it like that, a lot of the noise of what you should do and shouldn't do will will subside. Like 80% of the noise will go away if you really start to look at this market for what it really is. Um, art and history. That's what it really is. Sports, art and history based on sports. That's what it is. Um, now, what else I would say so that's that's a big thought. You know, I put I've thought about this for not just while things have been dipping and having a hard time going up, really. As as a general, because there's cards are certainly going up every day, some, but not in the massive volumes they have been for the past year or so. Um you also look at the individuals in the market. They have become more experienced. You and me, everybody, we become more experienced. We've, we are rethinking what we're doing. Because once a Luca gets up to 2000 
eventually we start thinking, you know, well, you know, what else can I get for $2,000 that might be a better value? Because look at this pop count. Yeah, I mean, it's 17000 right now. It's just going to go up. I mean, I think it's probably going to hit twenty. Maybe. Zion will probably hit twenty. Zion is even more than Luca now. So you're looking and, and you eventually are like, you know, even for eight hundred bucks, sure I really like Luca. And you want his rookie. But, you know, is there another rookie I can get that is much more rare, that has a much lower supply, that has a better supply demand ratio, or has the possibility, the probability to have a better supply-demand ratio in the future. Even though most of us are walking, many of much many individuals in the market are walking around, they're not necessarily thinking, saying it out loud or thinking it exactly like I just put it, but those, but that sums up the thoughts that are happening. Thinking about what can I do, what can I do the most with my money? Because the whole market was very reactionary, buy, 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 and it didn't really matter because everything pretty much went up. You know, a lot of speculation and the speculation paid off because basically everything went up because most individuals in the market were just reacting to the market and just acting. And there was very much less thinking going on. There's a thinking and action ratio too. thinking and action ratio. Right now, this is what I'm going to sum everything up to right now. We are in a higher in the thinking acting ratio when you're in a high action ratio things are going up and it the faster the actions are happening the less thinking that happens but eventually people sit down an individual in a market sit down and think okay i'm gonna step back for a minute and i'm gonna let i'm gonna actually view this i'm gonna observe this for a bit i'm gonna think about this for a bit or I'm going to just stop being part of it for a while and I'll come back later because right now I don't know what the hell's going on and I don't think I got the time to think about this. I'm going to let this thing settle and come back, which I don't recommend. That's not what I'm doing, but, but people are going to do it. It doesn't matter what I recommend. People are going to do what they do. What I suggest doing, and I'll get to why, what I suggest doing is sitting back and thinking. Don't check out of the market. Because when you come back, you're going to only come back when you start hearing it's popping off again, which means you're going to miss out on the big opportunities. Stay with me because I got more to really talk about the opportunities. If you keep paying attention to a market when it's down, that's when your best opportunities lie. If it's just going up, you know, up and it's just hot, 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 action, action, action. You're just, you're not really learning anything. You're just buying. That's nice because you're making money. It brings a lot of people in and it gets a lot of activity going. But the best opportunities are when the market is soft, when the market is down, when the market is not as hot. Really, it is. And I know because what do we say about investments? I mean, if, if I ask any of you, should you be emotional about your investments? Pretty much every one of you is going to realize logically, no. But doesn't mean you act that way. Doesn't mean we act that way. Because it's fun to be part of a, a fast-moving game. It's fun. 
If you're really looking at this as investments, again, not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor, disclaimer, guy on YouTube sharing his opinions. In case you didn't realize. Now, methodical, logical thinking and then action is what investing is. If you're really in this for investing, in my opinion, it's about paying attention and not being real, um, not being emotional about it at all. There are downswings, there are upswings, but this market has been here for over a hundred years. And it's clearly evolved a crap load in the past year. Evolved a crap load, which also makes people have to step back and be like, all right, I got I to gotta really look at this thing. And so what I really suggest, again, my opinion, do whatever you want, is to examine the market and spend some time thinking. For me, I do this every day. You know, you guys watch my videos. I put up a video. It's rare that I miss a day because I study the sports card market every day. So I'm in a, I'm on the, you know, far end of the bell curve in terms of people that are studying and paying attention to this market. And I've made some observations that I've shared with you. Um, There are certain things that right now I am buying as much as I can. Because I've thought about this and evaluated this and I've found some opportunities in this market that are ridiculous. Actually, so many. I don't even know. And they're not, they're not prism base. They're not any of this stuff. Anything that you see on this list right now, for the most part, not anything, but for the most part, I'm not buying. I'm not buying high pop count stuff. Okay, I'll just leave it at that. Um, but there are certain things, certain categories within this market that I feel are tremendously undervalued that have undeniable long-term value. And I just... It, it is amazing. It is it is amazing. There, so if you're really looking at the market you figure out what to buy. I'm not going to tell you what I'm buying or what to buy. Although, if you would like to see some of the things I'm buying, join the Sports Card Society, sportscardsociety.com, link in description. Um, but there are certain pieces of this market, certain players, certain sets, certain etc., that I just, I can't believe how low they are. And it's because it's in this thinking, cooling off, observing slash stepping away from time. I have been dreaming of this happening. I, I, I am so thrilled that this is going on. Do I think the market is crashing? Well, they define, they define a crash or a move into a bear market as a drop of 20%. So I would say overall in the sports card market, we have probably moved into a bear market, which is the best time to buy, in, in my opinion. But it's based off of historical data, but still my opinion, because I can't say that, hey, I am Nostradamus and I predict the future with certain 1,000% accuracy. 
But, you know, if the stock market goes into a bear market, do you, do you is every single stock going to go back up? No. Are a lot of stocks going to go back up? The majority? Yes. This is another market and this is that's the way markets move. Markets have different volatility and different volume and different prices and stuff like that. But are we crashing right now? Maybe. But it's not like I feel like that's a that's a word I don't like to use cuz I I feel like it's a misrepresentation. And not every single category is crashing. None of it's cra- in my opinion none of it's crashing. There is an, an adjustment period happening. An adjustment period. And because when we use the word crashing that's emotional. And that's in that screws up our logical objective minds and perceptions. Crashing. Oh my god. Run. The market is going apocalyptic. It's Armageddon. Like those are all emotional things and they're not accurate. There's an adjustment happening within the market. That's what's happening. That if I sum all of this up, there's an adjustment happening. The the adjustment hasn't set all its roots yet. But if you step back and look, most of the market are going to come to a lot of the same conclusions about what to do going forward, and that's going to be the adjustment. For instance, one adjustment happening, which I'm not 100% how it's going to go. I think I know how it's going to go. And in reality, the way I think it's going to go is the way I thought it should have gone quite a while ago. Target, Walmart, and today I walked into Fred Meyer. They're doing it too. None of them are selling um, sports cards anymore. They're taking a time off from it, which means to me they're never bringing them back. Unless they come up with some really good in-house system. But how are you going to do that? Because you're still going to have lines of people showing up, fighting over stuff. So to me, buying cards in retail is probably mostly over. With that said, what I think they're going to do, the way you're going to buy your sports cards, packs, boxes, hanger boxes, blaster boxes in the future, it's going to be all online. And I thought that they should have done that for quite a while because it's way, if I were them, that's what I would do because I don't want to deal with lines of people showing up, people calling constantly. Do you have any sports cards? I mean, I'm, I do that. I call, not like all the time, but I call and I ask, hey, you got any? And, and, and I'm, they probably get, and they always tell me they get like dozens of calls a day at least. And I think I live, I live in Seattle. I think this is actually a less annoying slash popular slash card crazy market area of the country than many other parts. And so they're wasting all this time on these cards, which don't really yield them that much money. Sure, they're profitable, but in terms of the millions of dollars these stores do a day, sports cards make up a tiny percentage, but they take up a lot of their time and attention and annoyingness. Um, so they mess with the other parts of the business and their valuable and intelligent use of their time. So put them online. Now, it's not going to be a perfect system when they do it. They're going to, if they even care, they're going to have to combat bots, which I don't think they'll really care about in the beginning. Um, 
and you can feel how you want to feel. But the market and individuals are going to do what they want to do to benefit themselves the most. That's what you do. That's what I do. That's what we all do. Now, ethics, sure, we can argue ethics, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time thinking about what people should do. I'm going to look at what they do do. Yes, I said do-do. But I spread it out. Do-do. The reality is I think that this is going to move online. And I don't know where exactly. I think Target will sell more online. Walmart will sell more online. Fred Meyer will sell more online. And Panini may start selling more online. Because frankly, if I'm Panini at this point in the game, why am I even selling to Target, Walmart, Fred Meyer, etc.? Why am I even doing that? Why don't I just sell at the full retail value directly to the customer? Why, why, why Target, Walmart, Fred Meyer even need to be involved? If I'm Panini or Tops, that's what I'm thinking. I should be thinking. I should have been thinking that a long time ago. At this point in the game, because the demand is so high, and it's not like, well, the demand may go away. And, you know, they, they might be a little afraid of that. They want to keep their distribution. They don't want to burn bridges. So I understand. But if I'm Panini or Tops, I'm going to start selling some retail from my site. Unless I don't know what the, the the license the deals they have with these stores are when they're how long these contracts are. But man, if I'm Panini, I, I can keep more of them. I can keep a bigger piece of the pie. You know, if I'm buying a a hanger box for fourteen ninety nine from Target, well, Panini can just sell it directly to me for fourteen ninety nine. If I got to buy it online anyways on Target. Why don't I just buy it online on Panini? Now, Panini may, website may not be able to handle the volume, so they would have to build some infrastructure. But that's the way I see these things going. And doesn't that make sense? Doesn't it make sense? But typically, we don't make changes until we have to. So that brawl at Target that caused this whole thing, it, didn't, it wasn't just because of that brawl. It's because they've been annoyed about this and bothered by sports cards for a while. And finally, that was the last straw. They said, that's it. When in reality, they should have been putting the stuff online months ago. That's what they should have done. But they have a lot of other things to think about than sports cards. This, this one finally brought it high enough to their attention. Like, all right, we got to do something about this. Finally, let's make the time to figure this out. So they cut everything off. And they said, all right, we're just going to step back from this. Not exactly going to hurt our bottom line much. Although they make profit from this. And those things sell better than anything in their store. And it's like... Now they're going to sell them online with much less hassle and still get the same returns and take up less of their time and bother them way less. So that's what's going to happen there. In my opinion, I don't see how it does anything else. So they, I think, I don't think they're going to come back into store. Um, and then with the actual cards, you know, PSA slabs are, are more than ever probably have the highest premium. I think Beckett is underrated. and I think it's undervalued. I don't understand. That doesn't make sense to me. Because Beckett, again, as the, as the market, the individuals within the sports card market, which make up the market, become more educated and more experienced and, and more have thought about things more, they'll realize, you know, Beckett actually grades harder than PSA. And 
in, in my opinion, I like the Beckett slab more than the PSA slab. So it doesn't make sense to me that Beckett is, because Beckett was, you know, like a 9.5, like a true gem, 9.5, subgrades, was like half of a PSA 10. Okay, fine. But it's been dipping below that. For instance, a Beckett 9, a BGS 9, goes for less than a PSA 9. That does not make any sense to me, especially especially if it has better subgrades, like if it's uh, three nines and a nine five or two nines and two nine fives, which is an ultimate nine. Why would that go for less than a PSA nine? That doesn't make any sense. Because also if you learn, because they say it right on their websites, Beckett and PSA, if you look on their websites, you'll see the criteria for their each of their grades. And the Beckett nine, of course the Beckett 10, but the Beckett nine is more tough that it's a harder grade more more strict grade harder grade than the PSA 9 and again if you hold a Beckett slab in your hand in my opinion some of you disagree with me that's fine but if you hold it it's just a thicker sturdier more quality feeling plus it's got the subgrades it's just it's just a better slab doesn't make sense to me so uh no surprise there. I'm I'm interested in Beckett slabs. I'm buying PSA slabs because they're more liquid currently, and, and you got to keep if you want to keep reinvesting, which is what I do. I reinvest. I don't take any of this money to pay rent or pay a bill. This is money that I just keep reinvesting and growing. That is what investing is. If you take that approach, your emotions will subside because it's not about your expectations become more realistic. A lot of people, they're just making so much money that they're just like, they're they're flipping a card for double, triple, quadruple sometimes. And woo, 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 woo. And it's just like these win, 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 win. And they're buying, going out and buying new shoes and new watches and cars and things that are not assets, that are depreciable assets. They go down in value once you buy them and they keep going down over time. But if you keep buying sports cards, yes, they go down, but they go up and you just get, you got, people are getting smarter. The market is becoming smarter about what to do in the sports card market. You can't just buy this Luca Prism, 70,000 pop count, and expect this to just like keep going up, have its ups and downs, but overall keep going up. You can't expect that. And we've realized it, right? Most of the market, I think, has realized that now. Still, the most selling card, for sure. People are like, it's so undervalued going into the playoffs. Uh, you know, he has a good game or he wins this, so go up. Yeah, it will. But if that doesn't happen, it's going to go down even more. And I don't know where the bottom is. Well, there's other cards in the market where I feel like they're already at their bottom. And they're better, and they're just better investments than a Luca Prism Base. Or a Jaw Prism Base or a Zion Prism Base. Those are the most liquid cards in the hobby, but... Uh, <laughs> In the market. I don't even like to say hobby. In the market. Because I talk about this stuff in terms of an investment angle. Sure, I have cards I collect, but I, st- I don't, I, I still, like, I got a bunch of Justin Jefferson sitting over here beside me. I didn't buy them to just, like, have them to look at for the rest of my life. I bought them because I liked the player. I did, it did add a little emotion to it, but I bought the cards because I felt like they were a good value and I'll, and I'll sell them. I'm going to sell them for more than I paid for them. I, you, you, I'm, but I'm more smart, I feel, more experienced. My eye, my skill of finding what to buy 
has gotten a lot better, as you can imagine, because I do this every day. Most people in the sports car market are not like me. They're not putting in this kind of time. And, and not that I'm saying, oh, well, not that I'm judging or anything. I'm just saying, just as a matter of fact, I do this, so I'm ahead of the curve. Like, I can see what's coming more. I'm not always right, but I, I, I am aware of more things going on in the market on a current basis than your average person in the market. And so those are my thoughts. And, you know, to sum them up, I think right now is a buyer's market, a buyer's market. But that doesn't mean you just buy anything. Buy, find the things that are the best values, whatever that means. I'm not going to tell you what that means. I have my thoughts on what that means. But I want you to think about that, right? Because you will become a better sports card investor if you spend a little extra time thinking about this stuff. Like right now, me and you know most of the other people that I know that really do this full time, we're kind of thinking the same stuff. In terms of what we are buying right now, because we see this as a really big opportunity, really big opportunity. Again, if you want to see exactly what I'm buying, join the Sports Card Society, SportsCardSociety.com. But really think about what you're buying, what you, what it, where's the best place to put your money if you're actually looking at this as an investment vehicle, not financial advice, just guy on YouTube sharing his opinion. Okay, but that's my thought. I think it's a massive buyer's market and it's fantastic there was there was a point where I was like there are so many cards that are out of reach for me and most people in the market now I'm like I don't know if they'll ever come back a lot of them have come back but I still view them as very good long-term holds Uh, I don't want to say hold just long-term investments is what I'm going to call them again guy on YouTube my opinions not financial advice um so buyer's market not a crashing market. Crashing means makes is too emotional. It's it, it's not accurate. You get too emotional about it because it's not it's not an accurate description. It is a bear market. It is a buyer's market. That's what I would say it is. That's what most of the other people that do this stuff full time say too. Or at least do this to a in that in that further degree say i mean that's basically everyone i speak to that has really been in this a long time or does this a lot we're all thinking the same thing so i can't help but feel that's that's probably right and i got and you got to be careful because you can be biased with what you want to be true versus what you actually see as what will happen you got to leave that emotion out then you can actually see more clearly and um i think that right now is an excellent buyer's market crashing market that means like oh the whole sports card market's going to go away or it's going to drop like 90 percent no i I, no effing way i can't even tell you how shocked i would be by that the demand is still high as all hell but prices have gotten so high in so many things that there's a lot of things that are overvalued and a high enough percentage of the market has realized that that there's a lot of things that are overvalued. So the reality is at all times, be looking for under 
undervalued cards. Undervalued cards with as much intrinsic value as possible. Michael Jordan, 1986 Fleer PSA 10. When it hit 738, 738,000, my alarm bells went off and said overvalued. 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 Because it had worked its way up to like 300 some, and then all of a sudden the next sale was two of them for 738. Nah. Overvalued. No way. No, no way. Nope. That's when people step back and go, whoa. Mm, wait a minute. This is fishy. This is too much. That's too much. That's un- it's, it's unnecessary. Why should the market jump that fast at that market cap? If you don't know what a market cap is, market cap is the the say the latest sale of an individual card times the entire population of that card. So this Luca, if this was the ending average, it'd be eight hundred and thirty six dollars times say about seventeen thousand, and that would give you the market cap. Very important number to look at. So a lot of the market didn't even know to look at that number, more and more becoming aware of how important market cap is. Um, And more and more of the market are realizing how important it is to have a data tool like this market movers tool. Link in description, use code society, 20% off first month or first year. I use the pro version. I pay for the entire year because it's the best deal. And the pro version has the most tools. Um, Stuff like that. Like the market's just becoming more aware, intelligent thinking more instead of just acting, acting, acting. So is the market crashing? No. Because crashing is an emotional, inaccurate word. Description. It's not what's happening. There's an adjustment going on. And you make your adjustment however you want. Some people are just stepping away from the market and wait for it to go back up. But they're going to miss out on the biggest opportunities. Like if you hopped into sports cards in like May, June last year, you didn't get in at the real, real, real good time. Although you made some good money. But if you were had been paying attention in, say, January, just a few months before, you would have made way, way, way more money. Stuff like that. So what I would say to you is don't check out of this market. Don't let your emotions make you ignorant. Don't let your emotions lose you opportunity. Keep paying... Think about what you really want to buy. Look for the most undervalued things with the mindset that this is a buyer's market. And it's not going to be a buyer's market forever. It's going to be a seller's market, which means cards are the, the, the demand is going to outpace the supply right now. The supply is, I would say, in a lot of ways, outpacing the demand. And the, really, the demand has just subsided because the prices have gotten so much. So that price ratio really matters too. And you got to think, well, where's this stuff going to settle? Don't try to get it at the exact, exact, exact bottom. Look at the values. Look at where the card has been and look at where it is. Look at it. And that's why you need a tool like this because you can look at what a card has done over the course of a year or more. And you can really see where these support levels and resistant levels are. And what I mean by that, support is where... A card kind of won't drop below that price, at least for a period of time, because of how invested the people that, because say, you know, in this market, there's 17,000 Lucas, right? So not it's not that 17,000 people own a Luca prison base, because there's plenty of people that own two, three, four, hell, 10, 20, maybe a few that own 100. 
But there's a point where the people that own the cards, the sellers, say that I'm not, I'm not selling this card for less than this. And they'll do that for a period of time. Now, if there's literally no buyers that step up, they'll drop it down some and drop it down some. But there'll be a spot. There'll be spots that are support that the market meets and the buyers say, all right, this is a good deal. I'm going to buy it. And enough buyers come in. And, that, and then, then the price starts going up. And then it hits a top, which is called resistance, where buyers say, all right, I'm out. And buyers step, up, step back again. And then the card either levels off or goes down. So there's this range that goes between between these supports and these resistance. And it, there's no better way to see that stuff than with a data tool like Mark Movers. Again, if you don't use Mark Movers, use something. This is the best one, though, in my opinion. I've used them all. This is the best one. But, you know, at least have something. Do have something that isn't you going back and forth trying to look at pre eBay previous sales at 130 point. It, it, you can't see it. You know, when I pull up this Luca base here, we're going to pull up a chart. And I'm going to see the patterns. All right, that's over a week. Let's pull this thing back a year. Check this out. Look at these patterns. Wait for it to pull up, but you'll see them. Taking a second to load. I might as well drink some coffee while it loads. Look at these patterns. So back in June of 2020, this card was, you know, 600 bucks. And then it just went up. But you can see this is where the buyers are coming in. The demand, 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 demand. Super demand. And this is when the buyers go, all right, wait a minute. This is getting crazy. I'm, I'm stepping back here. And then they're like, no, no, no. It just seems too much. I'm not ready to get back in. All right, 1,200. It was at 2,000. All right, all right, we'll buy. We'll buy. We'll buy, 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 buy. Here it's slowly going up. And then we get closer to the season. People get excited. It's now we're in November. All right, 1700 that dips a bit. And then the season's actually, oh my God, the season's going to start. Oh, it started. Boom, 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 boom. Got up to almost 2000 And then it's been going down ever since. Because, and so you look at this and you're like, well, why are these the patterns? Frankly, basketball has just been going on too long. We're bored. We're bored of basketball. It's been going on like seemingly straight for over a year you can't sustain enthusiasm like that now the playoffs are happening it's going to get more exciting but i don't think it's really going to get more exciting until next round see we're in the first round right now plans are done now we're in the playoffs i think after this first round maybe towards the late of the first round is when things start to start amping up more especially if surprising things happen but that's hard to predict i'm gonna pull this car back even more I'm pulled back to the, the January 1st of 2020. You'll see where this thing really came from. You got to have a data tool. You really do. See, here it was. Boy, all the way down, like I said, about 200 bucks in January. And then COVID. Actually, COVID didn't quite happen yet. It's building up. And then here's COVID. Down to 400. People get... Market getting emotional, trying to predict. And then it's like, all right, well, wait a minute, I'm going to keep buying this. All right, all right, COVID, okay, well, wait, bas oh, basketball's coming back? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, here's the, I think the playoffs. I think the playoffs started about here in the bubble. Mavericks were obviously in it. That's what made this crazy run-up in the matter of, because here it is at 1100 on the 2nd of August. And here we are 
I'm 12. 10 days later, it's at 2100. It went bananas. Bonanzas. Bonanza? Bananas. And then, you know, Luca did his, you know, had his game-winning shot, really got things excited, and it's like, well, wait a minute here. Okay, we're we're done. They lost. They're out of the playoffs. And now it's like off-season. All right, I'm going to buy some Luca. It's cheap. Keep buying it. Oh, we're getting closer to season. This is like when the official announcement came. And then, okay, oh, my God, here we go. Woo, season started. Okay. There's the climax. And then it's like it goes down. So you got to ask yourself, where's the next bottom? Because right here, look, they're all coronavirus. Oh, no, 400. And it's like, all right, yay, in the playoffs. Okay, that's too much. I'm cooling off. All right, that's too low. I'm going to buy it up. Still too low. Oh, look at, look at, oh, jeez, now it's going up. I better buy it. Like, here's FOMO. So if you step away from the market, you're going to have FOMO. This video, I don't know how long this video is, but this is just something I get asked so much every day for the past several weeks that I'm like, I need to make a video about this. And I, I'm trying to educate you or, or give you awareness anyways of what I found. And what I'm saying to you, I, I hope this makes sense when I'm going through this chart and I'm showing you the human behavior. This is a human behavior chart is what this is. This is a human behavior chart based on their actions in the sports card market for this particular card. This is a human behavior chart. That's why you need these tools to see what the pattern of behavior is. Is an alcoholic going to drink a beer tonight? Probably. Is a cigarette smoker going to smoke a cigarette today? Probably. Are they going to smoke them at about the same times every day? Probably. Is, is someone going to go to bed about the same time tonight and get up about the same time tomorrow? Probably. They're going to watch the same Wednesday night TV shows? Probably. Human behavior is very patterned. These are the patterns. You got to see them. Now, what, now, you got to also anticipate what are they thinking? What's influencing the behavior? I think high pop count. This card being up here and they're trying to wonder where the heck is the real value at? Right? Is this stuff's gotten so high and plus basketball's gotten so boring. Say what you want. It's gotten boring because it's been on too long. It's been too much basketball. I mean, I'm a big football fan. But like by December, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm over it. But in August, I am pumped. But in December, I'm like, ugh. Plus, you know, your team might suck. I'm a Vikings fan. Typically, they suck. So by December, I'm like, bums. But I got fantasy football going on. So maybe I'm competitive there. Maybe not. If not, I'm bored. You know, so it's like all this is going on. You got to think about these types of things. Are people's teams doing well? Are, are fantasy sports happening? Or what else is going on? And right now, people are just burned out of basketball. And basketball leads the sports card market. So I think we'll see some spikes during the playoffs for certain players. But I think the overall, the, the basketball market probably keeps going down. And most markets probably keep going down. Very, very generally speaking. But with that being said, there are a good number of excellent buying opportunities if you know what you're looking at. Join the Sports Card Society. Link in description, sportscardsociety.com. There's the plug. I think that's what I got for you today. I think that was, I hopefully that was really helpful for you. I, 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 I really hope so. Because again, I'm a guy that looks at this stuff every day. I make videos every day. I study this. I buy every day. I'm constantly having my finger on the pulse of the market. And 
really what I'm looking at is what's the human behavior in the market? What's influencing the human behavior in the market? What thoughts, what common beliefs are influencing the humans within the market? Particularly that main segment, which is the people that are typically buying $100 to $1,000 cards. Are those numbers exact? No, but I think you get the point. Most people fall in that range. They're, they're buying cards between $100 and $1,000, and typically those are base. And people are thinking about what to do next. I, again, there are things that I find are, are great opportunities. Um, join the society if you want to really see what those are as I'm pumping out new ones of those every day, and I got some really, 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 really good ones. But, go, but think about what's going on here. Think of, Just take the time to think about what's happening. That's what I got for you. I think I'm going to end it there. Hit the subscribe button and the like button. Really helps support the channel, and I just appreciate it, really. Um, Other than that, card pack, stay classy. You're awesome. I will see you tomorrow.